you know what they call soda water? Soda water? Uh, they, some call it that. Most people call it Mormon beer. I'm going to tell you, I am the alpha male here. I am the alpha male. And if anyone says otherwise, then they are probably actually the alpha male here. Um, now, if you're a single dad, if you're a divorced dad, does that mean that parent-teacher night is like speed dating? So you remember how the rules at bars were like you had to book a table and you had to sit down at your seat the whole time. You couldn't even stand up unless you were going to the bathroom. Well, I saw this girl. She was standing there. Uh, I think she was in line for a drink, and I just—I I was watching her for a while. And I said, "I have to talk to her." So I got up off my seat. I knew what I was doing was reckless and endangering the lives of others, but I got up off my seat and I went over to her and I said, "Hello, how are you, my sweet honey pie?" And we were chatting, and we were chatting really. We were getting along, and then this big burly bouncer comes over, and he goes, "Hey guys, you know the rules. Back to your seats right now. No standing up." So I had only a brief moment to say, look, you're incredibly cute and I love you. And we ended up just making out right there and then in front of everyone for like five minutes. And then I was like, mm, as I wiped the saliva from my mouth, I asked, hey, where'd the girl go? And the bouncer said, I don't know, but thanks for the kiss. Ah, <laughs> uh, dearie me. Um... I was going to ask someone on a putt-putt date the other day, and I did it not because they weren't uh, attractive and super into me, but I just suddenly realised that putt-putt is absolutely no fun at all. It's, it's, it goes on for about 25% longer than you think it will, and let's face it, you're there to do 20 holes and you only care about one, don't you, you pervert? Um... And there's, you don't need to take people on dates, putt-putt, buy dinner to get a girl these days. It's really quite simple. And the people who know the truth, they try to hide the truth from you. It, there are some really dirty tactics going on. Because there is one of the great conspiracies of our modern time is that the fedora is a lame uh, hat. It's, a fedora is worn by virgins and losers. I will tell you that two people who have slept with more women than Genghis Khan and David Schwimmer combined is Jason Mraz, okay, and Bruno Mars. And what do they both have in common? Forget musical career and talent. I'm talking about the fedora. They both wear fedoras and they drown in pussy every night. And here we are believing these lies that we are sold by the Murdoch media that fedoras are lame and should be thrown in the bin. You know why they want you to throw them in the bin? So that there's more girls for them. So I'm telling you, I'm instructing you. I'm f actually yelling right now. You need to get that fedora, put it back on your head and go out there and turn your life around. Okay? You're going to get a girl, then you're going to get a job, and you're going to get this Queensland economy back on track. And it starts with the fedora. It doesn't start with you. It starts with the fedora. It starts with you getting the fedora and putting it on your head. Okay? This is empowering stuff. And someone needs to empower the men. I go to a bookshop. I go down to Dimmicks. There are so many books for women about how to empower themselves. And it's just presumed that men are already empowered. 
Well, not since we were told to take the fedoras off. And it's time we re-equip ourselves. We re-empower ourselves. This is an or this is like a self-help audiobook today. I'm telling you, fellas, put those fedoras back on. Go outside and get the girl. Because women actually like the fedora, and some guys know this, and they wear them secretly um, to parties that they don't invite other guys to, um, sex parties as they're known. Your ticket uh, to of entry is: Do you have a fedora on? Secret underground fedora clubs. That's the, that's the underbelly of Brisbane. You watch underbelly of Melbourne. It's Italian gangsters popping each other off in the streets. The underbelly of Brisbane: guys wearing fedoras to wild sex parties. Um, it's happening. You think it isn't until one day you move into a, a new flat in Clayfield, you're settling in, you're unboxing your, your lava lamp, and your DVDs, and all you hear are the sound of orgasms and the gentle pitter-patter of a fedora bouncing around on a semi-bold man's head. That is the underbelly of Brisbane that you have stumbled in on. And uh, they'll be leaving, ushering the women out late at night, and they'll see you at your window, and they'll say, you didn't hear or see anything, did you, mate? And you go, no, 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 no. I had my headphones on and was watching TV. Well, <laughs> what's been going on in there? I wouldn't have any remotest idea what's been, what you've been doing with the fedoras. <gasps> did you say the F word? Fedoras? How'd you know we were wearing fedoras in here? And he said, I heard, I heard that signature pitter-patter of a fedora bouncing around on a sweaty, semi-bald man's head as he engages in intercourse. And he'll say, all right, you're not too much. You're not too much. Because these guys who wear the fedoras, they don't want you to know that when you wear the fedora, you get sex. You get sex if you wear the fedora. That's what they know. That's what they don't want you to know. And so when you're moving into that new flat in Clayfield, you better size up your neighbors, look them up and down, and look more up than down because you want to see if what's on their head. And if they're wearing a fedora and you think they're just some lousy blues musician who hasn't had sex in 17 years, not since their girlfriend had left them, even though that girlfriend didn't even sleep with him for three years before she broke up with him. I'm talking that ain't the truth. He, he gets sex. He gets a lot of it. Because the fedora, the underbelly of Brisbane. There's two kinds of people in this world. LinkedIn followers and potential LinkedIn followers. Back to the coffee shop. I said, how much caffeine is in this? He says, oh, about three to four shots of coffee. I almost fell off my seat and I wasn't even on a seat. That's how shocked I was. And... So I said, enough and enough, lie in the sand, I'm, I'm going cold turkey from this coffee stuff. And so for two straight days, I had headaches from not having a coffee. From the very next day and the day after that. Can you believe it? We think ca ca coffee is our friend. All right, if you don't see a friend for one day, do they start throwing rocks at your head? Two things, and, and, and this is what I noticed. This is, I, I'm very cluey. This is what I picked up on. You go to a coffee shop and you say, I'll have a long black thanks. They say, what's your name? Oh, Gary. Hi, can I have a cappuccino? Almond milk. And what's your name? Uh, Craig. So when the coffee's ready, they go, Gary. You go and get your coffee. There's Gary's coffee. Cheers. See you next time. See you tomorrow, mate. And then um, you can really say anything there. You can just go, hey, Gary, coffee. Yeah, cheers. Fuck you, mother. Yep, see, fuck yours too. And see you, mate. Yep. And and no one would bat an eyelid. And then you go, all right, Craig. And then Craig gets his coffee. If you go up to the counter and you go, uh, decaf. They go, <laughs> 
Alrighty, alrighty. That, that's how you want to play this. That's how. That's the. This is this is the game you want to play. All right. So when your decaf is ready, you know what they do? They they say loud enough so that the bush turkeys in Mount Kutha could hear it word for word. They go decaf, calf, 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 and then you walk forward and everyone's looking at you. Going that guy got a decaf. It's cyberbullying, but in real life because they're trying to create a stigma around the decaf, and the joke's on them because decaf is the perfect drink. I'm not hooked. I can go back to your store whenever I want. I don't need you. I want you. And that's the recipe for a perfect relationship. And so just like the fedoras, which secretly are sexy to women and will get you lots and lots of sexy sex, the decaf is the perfect balance between all the health benefits of coffee without the terrible side effects of caffeine. And so concludes my sermon. I was actually walking through the supermarket the other day and and, uh, I was bumped in the back uh, by a man with a a trolley. And I said, ouch, you just struck me with your trolley. And he just, he found it really hard to just say sorry. He just found it, he just found it so hard just to say sorry. Um, Not because he wasn't apologetic, but just because he had a, a bit of a speech impediment and it kept coming out sounding like, sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, we have what uh, pedophile TV actor dads would call a full house tonight because we have two bands in the studio, or well, at least one guy who's a solo guy who has a band, at least when he wants it. That's it's like an on and off relationship. When you want to play a show, they come along, you give them a $5 Wendy's voucher, and they piss <laughs> off. And we have a couple of members from another band. This band is called Daisy and the White Jacket, and we are also joined by Liam Morton. How are we, boys? Hello. Very well. Thank you. Excellent, actually. Yeah. It's, it's, How are you, Harry? What is oh, No one ever asks. No, I'm actually... You know why no one ever asks? Because I always say terrible, and they go, shit, people weren't expecting that. I'm actually really busy, and I have no time to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, guys... Tomorrow, tomorrow night, very big night. What's going on? Oh, it's a um, it's a show. It's a rock show. Uh, playing a single launch for a song that I released last week called My Baby. Right. And uh, found out yesterday the show sold out. So full house. I know. It Again. makes you wonder. Like, you can probably go home if you want. Like, what it mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can't sell any more tickets. Yeah. I know. It's it's shit, eh? Hey? Do you actually? Want to- <laughs> Do you actually want to go home or... No, we'll, yeah, we'll stick around. At least oh. until the first commercial break. <laughs> gotcha. You're going to be here forever. No commercials. Um, community radio. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, what's the, what's the story? A man wants four shots of absinthe these days and after a hard day's divorcing and uh, after a hard day's getting fired and getting divorced and he can't have them. I actually reckon Sam might be in the wrong Nah. <laughs> One shot per person per time. I gotta uh, say, if you Matt, want four shots, you're come a bartender. Back. Yeah. He he asks for a double green chartreuse straight up. I gave yep. it to Ooh. him. He asked for another double straight up. On the rocks? Or no, no, no. Neat. He shot neat. it. Oh, what the fuck? And I said no. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, this man knows. This guy clearly knows what he's doing, though. Like he knows ways his way around alcohol. You would think, or I would hope, if he's <clears> going to do that. <laughs> I have to tell you guys an outrageous story from the weekend. Please do. That there was a, a birthday girl yeah. with her friends, and I said, "I'm going to buy you a drink for your birthday." Mm. I, I, one of my golden rules in life is to never buy people drinks. I immediately regretted it. And then I immediately even more regretted it, even more immediately, when all her other friends were like, oh, he's buying us all drinks. <laughs> and I was at the bar, and I, I held my credit card in my hand, 
and I thought, you have two choices here. Run or run really fast. And But I stayed and they all ordered choice, the drinks. And, <laughs> and you might understand this. I'm not sure you know, how you are outside of a radio station and behind the bar. Maybe you're a bit more sexist, um, misogynistic. Sexist. But I find that sometimes when the bar is busy, bartenders only serve women. So this particular woman says, I'll have to order for you because he's not serving. I said, that's, that's quite apparent. And so they all ordered their drinks and they said, what do you want? <laughs> and then they took my card. The bartender goes, hey girls, this one's on me. <laughs> so I got a free Hell drink yeah. and I didn't have to pay for anything. And off into the abyss I went. You win. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like there are lots of animals that we sort of protect and because oh because it's native or something. And just mm. because it's been here. Like the the bush turkey. Yeah. Bush turkeys are terrorists. There's no other way of putting they're, it. They're assholes. They don't like humans. Yeah. Okay. And and my mum, she's like super nice. But she has this bush turkey in her garden. Like I wanna reiterate just how nice my mum is. But she was like we need to kill it. And she gave me the shovel. No said, way. You do it. Really? No, how long how, we, yeah, how long ago? It was, was, our, I was home for Christmas it? for four or five days at the end of last year. Did and I was there it? with my brother-in-law. We we had the shovels. We had the rakes. You we did, were running around. Did you, did you get, get the Shanghai out? We did not kill it. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying we tried really hard to. Yeah. And no, it was too one fast. of my greatest regrets in life is that we failed. And my mother, who raised me since birth, who works tirelessly Which in her garden to make it pretty for the neighbourhood and the local kids <laughs> to walk past on their push bikes and go, hey, buddy, look how nice that garden is. Yeah, it makes me want to study harder and get better grades from being inspired by this garden. And then you've got a little bush turkey going there. <laughs> and, and digging they run up garden, a racket, eh? Running they're a racket. <laughs> and, and my next target... And then so there were cockatoos that kept eating my mum's passion fruit from the passion mm. fruit mine. So she gave me a, a BB gun. She said, you have to take out the cockatoos... And and so what I'm trying to say is, is native animals. I was like, oh, native animals are amazing. It's like, some of them are terrorists. And I'm here to tell you cockatoos are terrorists. I'm here to tell you that bush are terrorists. I'm here to tell you that kangaroos terrorize our rural areas. Possums. Terrorists. <laughs> Horrible things. One they ate my whole passion fruit vine. Like, I didn't see leaves or even bark on this thing once I brought it in. I had it on a pot plant. Uh, possums get caught never, at Brisbane never. Airport en route to Turkey. No way. They, they get stopped. No way. En route to, t- to Turkey. That's pretty good. Uh, to, 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 to join the Syrian conflict. I mean, these guys are terrorists. We need, we, honestly, they get intercepted. I'll just to give you a little a bit of context, um, the main character is in the library. Okay. I saw Cynthia, the angry librarian, making her way towards the meeting room of the library. Her clenched fists, reddening cheeks and bouncing eyeglasses suggesting the post-play uproar had exceeded the permitted noise limits of Everton Park Council Library. But I noticed that another man who had wandered into the meeting room from the general library area was slowly approaching me. As my vision focused on him, I noticed he was quite elderly and had a waist-length grey beard that gently waved in the wind of the overhead fans like an ancient forest fern. A bent and weathered leather hat that had seen a million faces but touched just one rested on his head. He was wearing a knee-length old petticoat that made me think he may have once been a sailor. Over his shoulder was slung a messenger bag that seemed to have a large round object, perhaps a small globe, crystal ball, or everyday rock melon protruding from within. 
In his left hand was a wooden cane, headed by a metallic sculpture of what seemed like a Tasmanian tiger. He hobbled over as if seasick or burdened by a gruesome wartime injury. His eyes were like gas lamps, unblinking and fierce, like he had either lived a life or taken a life. At last he stood before me. All the room stood still. A newborn baby at its mother's breast inexplicably stopped its crying. The student who had been frantically typing her last-minute assignment at a nearby library computer was suddenly calm and motionless. Even Cynthia, the angry librarian, was still and seemed stunned by the old man's presence. After a moment's contemplation, he asked me in a deep voice and gravely but mellifluously said, Would you like to hear my life story? No thanks, I said. Well, I'll, I mean, I've got a song. All right. It's not my song. I'm going to play it in the cover today. Of a song that I really Are we like. To do that? <laughs> what is this, the AFL Grand Final Pre-Match Entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> We're not an absolute uh, catastrophe. What happened? Oh, so it was the AFL Grand Final. Everyone's so hyped up. Is that the DMAs performed? Yeah, that? and there were a few others who performed, but I don't think they spoke to each other. And so they all came out and did covers and really sad... Slow. Covered, slow covers. Yeah. And everyone's just sitting there go, like Move with their milk. Doritos and their salsa and their scarves at home going at the pubs going, who died? <laughs> if you get a deep enough cut by Bonnevere, you can sort of just claim it as your own sometimes. Just give it a different song title. Right. A, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like Liam Morton's latest song, My Baby. My baby, don't mess around because she loves me so... It's like, you can't just change the song title and and act like it's a different song. You know, what, what are you... Freaking Robin Thick Oasis or something. Um, Ooh. Oh, that's pretty funny. To be fair, I, I think what happened to Robin Thick was not okay. Like that song, it was, wasn't even close to the. It had like a similar groove. Like there was some cowbell going on, and they took everything. And then his wife left. They it. took everything. Do, 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 his wife do, if I you I don't know the extent so, of this story, you need to go. It, it is a, a cautionary tale about how to freaking not cock up your entire life. Go home and read the Robin Thicke Wikipedia page. He was a man on top of the world, and he just got too cocky. And and then he and then he um, thrusted on Miley Cyrus on live television. <laughs> he did that, didn't he? And then his wife proceeded to like divorce him like the very next day. He he um, uh, he pretty much uh, mentally disintegrated from um, the emotional trauma of his wife leaving him, and then he he, he put out what what is known as one of the worst albums you've ever heard except it just stops short of being so bad it's good it's just so so bad, so bad. Mm. and I urge you to listen to it and, and just feel his pain like imagine just making music that's this bad and knowing that your music was just not gonna win your woman back like you're like I'm gonna get my girl back through the power of music that's what he probably thought for a split second that never happens oh yeah, my god like girls don't like it when you write songs yeah. about them <laughs> well, he, in my experience Sam. well depend- like if <laughs> You know, if the relationship's still going, then yeah. But if the relationship's Maybe. ended, yeah. you, can't, you can't write your way out of that. It was probably no. the least cryptic album ever released. The name of the album was his ex-wife's name. Oh, jeez. It was called Paula. Oh. Yeah. And one of the songs was like, she's moving to she's moving to New York. And it was like, she's moving to New York. What am I going to do? Like, it, he mentally disintegrated. You can't even go now. But look up them on Spotify, Apple Music. <laughs> Liam Martin's got a, a few singles out. They're all fantastic. And, uh, Days of My Jacket, this is far too young. You've been listening to 4 Z Talking Dressage.
Keep it away. <clears throat> Feeling so restless. Nearly insane. And no, I can't eat my breakfast. Suppose my routine's to blame, but I'm far too young just to throw it away. Didn't warm up now. So I turn on the news. Hell. I think you already know where's going. Next up, you two. Count on you. Feeling so restless, terrified of change. And no, I can't eat my breakfast. Suppose my routine's to blame, but I'm far too young just to throw it away. So I grab my guitar. Jump in my car and drive somewhere far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to write a song. That's when I realize leaving home. Is where I went wrong. Feeling so restless. Fucking insane. And 
Cause my routine's to blame And I wish that I could care less Who am I to change And no, I can't help but fear that The so-called coming of age The so-called coming of age The so-called coming of age But Harry's far too young just to throw it away. Oh, bravo. <laughs> bravo. So, Liam Morton, you are passive-aggressively holding a guitar like, hey, I want to play a song too. Like, it's my turn. He, he got a longer song than me. Um, so, do you want to play it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, when you put it like that, I don't know if I want to play Oh, now he's shy. Oh, now he's shy. I, 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 uh... <laughs> I met a girl the other way, the other day who said, I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm like, wait, does that mean it's mean you stay at home all day, like just talking to yourself like really loudly in a in your bedroom mirror? Yeah, what does that mean? It, it's it's one of those like really fancy ways of saying like I'm just normal. I'm just I'm pretty normal. Yeah. There there is a name, there is an actual term that you're not extroverted, you're introverted, but you you can do both. And Bipolar. <laughs> Maybe. No, it, there is actually a term, and someone told me it the other day. Uh-huh. I forget. Right. So you're really loud, obnoxious, and chatty, but you never get invited to parties. I'm an extroverted introvert, because you're an introvert not by your own choosing. <laughs> you can't be both. Because if you're extroverted, then you're an extrovert, right? And if you're introverted, then you're an introvert. And so if you're an introverted extrovert, you are an extroverted introvert. Or a good actor. Yeah, or, or just someone who wants to sound mysterious in their freaking Tinder profile, <laughs> uh, when they're just freaking normal, just... Vanilla, hey, I, not even Neapolitan. It got you talking about it. Oh, Ooh, that's actually that's outstanding. <laughs> she is mysterious. I mean, think about her sense. Mysterious, extroverted, introvert. Oh, that, there's a song in that. Ex- mysterious, extroverted, introvert. It's like the 2020 remix of um, that song. Mysterious girl, I wanna get close to you. <laughs> yeah. Mysterious, extroverted, introvert. That was good. I want to get matched with you. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's a track, actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, can, you, you can't be an introvert and extrovert. So it's like saying, oh, I'm an economics graduate who votes Greens. It's like, sorry, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> scientists, God, scientists are a bunch of virgins these days. Can we all agree on one thing? That there is no scientist in this entire state who has had intercourse in the last 10 years. I reckon they have wet dreams about... Like they have sex dreams about molecules. They wake up, they rush to work, still wearing the trousers they fell asleep in, pointing at the wet patch to their colleagues. Going, Look, it, I had sex with zinc. I imagine the molecule zinc. And you know, there's that hole in between the atoms. I, put, I was putting my pee-pee in there. And then they're, wow, tell me all about it. Um, scientists... Goodness me. Every time there's a slow news week, some scientist or academic from University of Queensland gets called up to tell us, oh, if you tax beer more, people will buy less. These people 
uh, absolute geniuses they are. Um, we pay them to study PhDs. Uh, the, 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 I've got to tell you, academics are people who are too scared to go into the real world. They go to uni. They love the safe spaces. They love the... Uh, they, they love this little microcosm of the world that uni is where you, you're allowed to share an opinion and if anyone disagrees, then it's like bullying. And so they, they never want to leave this because the real world isn't like that, all right? In the real world, yeah. On, uh, in fact, I think we got rid of the quiet carriages. Our, our trains used to have quiet carriages and um, it was quite a phenomenon unique to Queensland. I don't know whose idea it was. At the end of the day, trains are bloody noisy and you, you, at least you can mask the noise of these metal rims grinding on metal tr- uh, tracks. You can mask it with the sound of laughter and children's laughter and and gossip. But then people want to sit in a quiet carriage. And do they actually want peace and quiet or do they just want the ability to, when you're halfway through a conversation with a long-lost father who's finally found your number on the internet and called you to turn around and go, shh, how empowering it is to shush someone. That's what a person in the quiet carriage would tell you. They actually, they want to chat, they want to overhear, they want to eavesdrop. But more than anything, they want to, they want power. And that's what the quiet carriage gave quiet Queenslanders. It gave them power, the, sh- the power to shush another person. And, and, all th- and there were sometimes there were just people that you can't shush. There are people where you know if you try and enforce the quiet carriage rules. And here's the thing that upset me the most about the quiet carriage. As somebody who loves rules, I like you know, exceptions to rules. For example, if someone's having a heart attack and you call out, is there a doctor on this train? And then someone turns around and goes, shh, quiet carriage. Like, there obviously have to be exceptions to the quiet carriage if there are emergencies and things like this. But none of this was written down. There was no constitution for the quiet carriage, and that's what the quiet carriages needed. And I think this is part of the reason that they're gone. Um, Just like uh, the bathrooms that used to be accessible by disabled people, they brought in new trains with no quiet carriages, and the toilet doors were too narrow to fit wheelchairs. So that's Queensland now in 2020. I I think that next time when we want to make trains, and I think with every new train we bring in, we make the the toilet doors narrower and narrower until even people who aren't disabled, people who aren't in wheelchairs can't even fit in. Like, you know know when you're like a, a baby... And, you, and it's really embarrassing. You, you, you go, hey, mum and dad, can you poo for me? And, and it's like, oh, we can't poo for you. I mean, we can take you to the toilet. And you, 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 you want to make that mistake once only. But um, eventually it'll go reverse backwards when you're an adult and you can't fit in the bathroom, but your kid can. And you have to ask your kid to poo for you. Um, just do it for me, buddy. Quiet carriages, they don't have constitutions, they don't have rules, they just say, this is a quiet carriage. And here's the thing that that irks me the most. Well, what decibel is quiet? Because some people are deafer than others. My quiet is louder than other people's quiet. There are some people who are so sensitive, you sneeze and they scream, okay? They're they're walking through a farm, a cow moves, they scream. They're, They're very, very sensitive. There are people out there you throw rocks at them, you chase them with a burning pitchfork in a dark alley, they scream. They're very, very sensitive. 
and and so you're going to have the the Queensland Rail a security guard juggler um, and also um, audio file person. They're going to have a, a decibel counter and and so what you do is if you think someone's making a little bit too no- much noise on the quiet carriage, if they're breathing heavily, if they're a bit of an asthmatic, or maybe they're even having an asthma attack and asking for help, and you think it's a little bit too noisy, you simply put up your left hand, wait for the. Um, wait for the audio file uh, security guard juggler to come over and say, excuse me, so what, what seems to be the matter? You say, I think this asthmatic is making a bit too much noise. They put up their um, recorder. They say, he most certainly is making too much noise. That is over the six decibel level. And then you simply throw the asthmatic out of the moving train and air, and peace is restored. Um, that's all you need. Peace and love. That's all it takes. A quiet carriage. Is it so much to ask for? Am I too much of an idealist? Imagine all of the people on the quiet carriage living life as one. Imagine no religion on the quiet carriage. No one praying out loud. Imagine no possessions. Imagine there are no borders on the quiet carriage. Imagine if the whole train was a quiet carriage. Imagine rocking up Indrapilly Express. And then instead of saying Indo-Pilly Express, it just says, quiet freaking train. Don't even cough. Get on. Just get on and shut up. Welcome to the Inala Dressage League. We have a cracking day's action of dressage today. Unfortunately, due to an RSPCA petition signed by every uni student in Newtown, horses are no longer allowed to be ridden on, but the dressage players have found a loophole and are now riding on poor people. There are two favourites here today. The first is Archibald Bochu, who speaks of having an innate relationship with the poor person that he rides on. In fact, some of his colleagues call him the poor person whisperer. The second is Angus de Fish Egg, who has the nickname Angry Angus from the time he blew up a taxi with a Molotov cocktail after losing a dressage match. He got off on self-defence because the taxi driver was found to have presumably gone to a public school. Angus has no perceivable skills, but is nonetheless the red-hot favourite because his mother is the judge and his father is the mayor. So the players are out on the pitch. They're trotting around, approaching the first bench. Wait, is that a streaker? My word, that's a streaker. There, There appears to be something written on his left buttock. Yes, can we zoom in on that, please, cameraman? No, not not that. His buttock. Yes, that is a message. It says, tune in to Talking Dressage on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. What is that? Well, while players pause, we might as well have a listen. Welcome to Talking Dressage on 4ZZZ, the show where if you come on and you talk about something that isn't dressage, we say, shut up! And if you ask where the bathroom is, we say, just down the hall, first on your left, you can't miss it. You have a very, very special show tonight. Three very special guests. In fact, if I say the word special one more time, they're going to go red as an apple in those little (laughs) cheeks of theirs. It's the band Concrete Palm. How are you? How you doing? The show where we talk about all the attractive women we would sleep with if only we were more attractive and they liked us. (laughs) Um, So tell me, guys, very exciting. You have a new single out. It's Rock and Roll Empire. I listened to it before I came. 
and then and now I have to come here. There is the phrase tour de force, which is a phrase that's generally used by bands who write their own bios for Spotify. But right. I listened to this and the first words that popped into my head were tour de force. Thank you. You like to think so. I mean, we, we wanted to do something a bit different, but also have the energy. Yeah. That we that we bring to our live shows. Um, I got nothing. Hugh Mer- Huey's cooking. You ever get that one? Yep. Yes. Yes. Huey's cooking show. That was a good show. He was the original <laughs> Salt Bay. Huey from Huey's cooking. The original right. Salt Bay. He would get the salt. And he would go just a pinch of salt, and he would just get a bucket of salt and just tip it on on yeah. a single uh, <laughs> sardine. I do remember watching that when I was like three years sardine. old. That was a good show. Was do it you remember watching cooking? it when you were three years old? Oh well. I, <laughs> I smell a liar. You don't remember anything from it. Oh shit! Sorry. So Collins, please don't sue us. Even when you got these sitting down gigs, do you still like yell at everybody? Come on, get up, more energy. Well, the last month they've been standing up. Thanks the government. Thanks yeah. the government. They rolled thanks it back. The government. <laughs> oh my god. Someone voted realist- Labour. Realistically, <laughs> a, a lot of our a lot of our stage show is revolved around energy, which is I always feel like we are a lot of a we are a live band. We're trying to bring it to the studio to try and replicate that live presence. Okay. So what we've done, we have a lot of songs that a lot of people would dance to normally. So we've kind of included a sing along aspect into some of our songs. Uh-huh. So as although people can't stand up or you know do much, they can still clap their hands and sing. They still have that ability. My question is, what did all these political bands do when Obama was president? They go, okay, guys, have to, we have to take a okay. hiatus for eight years. Oh, we're taking an no. eight-year hiatus. We're going to bring it back when someone else gets elected. Hey, what do you think about Steve Ray Vaughan? <laughs> we should uh, we should play that song. <laughs> so. You guys are a band, so you're very in- environmentally minded. That's right. I always pee outside to save water. I'm here to do some <laughs> seed funding for my <laughs> for my new startup. It's recyclable, reusable clothing made entirely out of uh, koala flesh. So what you do <laughs> you, you is wash the koala flesh after you use it. Um, okay? No? No, continue. I want to hear what this is. How about reusable, recyclable uh, bamboo condoms? Alex, maybe that's your domain. I don't know. He doesn't wear condoms, obviously. (laughs) Well, maybe we should have a dome because I don't wear mine. He always tells me to, but anyway. And the great thing about bamboo is it can double as bedsheets. So simply take off the condom, put it on your chest, and have a great night's sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Is this before or after you use it? I want to invest right now. This is after. That's That's what I was worried about. It, bamboo's in everything. <laughs> this stuff is like MSG. In some places, condoms are quite expensive. As you would know, Harry. No, well, I think they're subsidised here. Latex and things like that can be expensive in some parts of the world. And so what I'm proposing with bamboo, simply give it a good wash, put it through the washing machine, dishwasher, whatever your, your <laughs> washer of choice. Well, we might do some band merch of condoms and then when we tour a country that has expensive condoms we've got these what? with us wait wait can we yes. go back you said dishwasher of choice how many dishwashers do you have in your house <laughs> how the other half live my man <laughs> I have four dishwashers in my kitchen uh, enough screwing around down. tell us about your band no that's what no, you're here for uh, we're going to talk about it next week I'm going to interview myself that's it's going to be a, a ma- massive moment of introspection <laughs> I'm just going to stare straight ahead of that glass there you, know, you, need a mirror. you should set up a mirror right here he just talked on the, on the end. If he didn't I'm just going to play the idea. song over and over again, and after every play, I'm just going to go, that wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Harry, tell me about... Uh, a lot of people, like myself, we, we stand back and we go, oh, dressage, that looks pretty boring. And we've never even done it before. Like, we've never ridden on a horse and done dressage before. We just sort of look at pictures, I don't know, and we go, that looks boring. 
uh, we go and watch it and we go, that looks boring. Uh, we, we, we participate in it and we go, that looks boring. And we're right. It's incredibly boring. Aware that there is a compliment that is going around where if someone is something, then which is something good, I presume, you say, mate, you have got a head on your shoulders. Uh, it, it's just the worst compliment I've ever heard because, like, if you don't have your head on your shoulders, you're probably dead and there's no point in complimenting a dead person. Do not waste your energy complimenting a dead person because we only compliment people to get something in return. Do not waste your energy complimenting dead people. I don't know why every time a celebrity dies we have a an ABC special, a Channel 10 60-minute special about how great this person was and all the things they did during their life and how good their music was. They're dead, mate. Like, there are so many nice things we could say to people who are alive that would make them feel great. I think if someone dies, we should go, damn it, we missed our opportunity to compliment them. There's no point now. Forget about it. Cancel the documentary. It was never even going to make money anyway. And... And find, I think one of the greatest things that ever happened, except for her, was um, when Joni Mitchell almost died. And there was a rumour on the internet that Joni Mitchell died. She went to hospital, there was an issue with her brain or her heart or something, and it was bad. And so people thought she was dead, and they were like, Joni Mitchell's like a hero of mine, ever since I was 12, I listen to her music, I just love her so much. And then it was like, oh wait, guys, guys, she's back. Yeah, Joni Mitchell didn't die. She was just really sick, but she's actually fully healthy now. She feels awesome, apparently, especially from all your compliments. She essentially faked her own death accidentally. That, that's what we all secretly want to do. We want to fake our deaths, show up to a funeral, and just overhear the eulogy and go, yeah, like I was really generous. Like I was super generous. Um, and in fact, I was too generous. In fact, these guys owe me money. And you just crash your funeral, just punch your way out of the coffin and go, you know what? I was too generous. You owe me money. You owe me $20. I'll, I'll, yes, I will accept a JB Hi-Fi voucher for the same amount. You, you are giving me a lift home. I drove you everywhere in college. I drove you. When you didn't have a car, I drove you everywhere. You were driving me home. And everyone's going to be like screaming. Going like, we thought you were dead. Um, and you're like, I'm Joni Mitchell. I never die. <laughs> and Joni Mitchell's just injecting herself with these like anti-death drugs. Um, just nothing but steroids and adrenaline. Um, let's say we'll grab Barack Obama and let's just do let's just do an in memoriam on BBC not because he didn't die in memoriam of the guy that like we would just remember him we remember him because he was, he's alive in fact it's easier to remember someone who's alive because they keep showing up um, they keep calling you so in memoriam yes in, in very much memoriam Christ it's hard to forget you when you keep showing up I was, someone mentioned the other day, uh, uh, it was like State of Origin on Wednesday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, thought that, I thought it was just so classic. I, was, I, walked, past the tra- I bought, walked past the Transcontinental Hotel on Tuesday yep. and it's, uh, you know, uh, Melbourne Cup Day. So it's all Moe Chandon and, and, and uh, all these champagne posters up. They had 24 hours to tear all that down and put up the Forex Gull posters and the, the freaking um, Carl Webb um, <laughs> holographic Malmanu nude posters again, around the Transcontinental Hotel. Yeah, that is that is quite a makeover. Carl Webb had the shittest haircut of all time. Did you see the tracks that he had? Yeah. He had his head shaved and he no. had tracks. Oh, it was, sounds it good was, though. It was Someone awful. once told him that and they died. <laughs> 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 like, at first they took the gladiators, all right? And then they thought, well, horse racing's safe. But once you start taking the gladiators away, all of a sudden you go, well, what's the next worst thing? And you keep taking that away. And I'm saying once the Melbourne Cup's gone, you think dressage is safe? I'm here to tell you. 
it's not safe. What is next? Water polo? Like, people could drown. Yeah, well, what's, what's going on? Well, I was like, pe- people are, uh, you know, parking cars across train tracks to stop a Melbourne Cup from going on. But, really? but, what? But, is that but, true, actually? Oh, they, they do that down in Melbourne, right? But yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, well, so you turn off the Melbourne Cup and put on the UFC instead. Yeah, what are you talking about? the more people... gladiators. But they're getting paid instead of slavery. They're literally getting physically broken on TV. Physically broken. Like For a lot of money. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll take a punch from Conor McGregor if it means I get a million dollars. Yeah, I'd take yeah. a punch for that. That, yeah. should, that should cover the wheelchair costs. Um, it depends where he punches. The blood is low cut. When, when are they going to come in and just go, this is just cruel? Yeah. All right, every year you wheel out these wallabies, you hype them up, and they come home and they don't get laid from their wives for two weeks because of their terrible performance. <laughs> Why do we do this? That's cruelty. That's real cruelty. <laughs> How many times do New Zealand have to win that tournament before we just go, let's just... Let's just wrap that up. It, 20 in a row now. You'd have to be getting pretty close. It, I think it's 25. I think it's the quarter century when you just go, you know what, let's wrap it up, guys. Can I, now, <laughs> you are still passive aggressive on uh, the guitar. He's <laughs> so, ready. Yeah, no. Uh, this song's called <laughs> Fake. Oh, gee. Well, I could always play Sunny Afternoon. No, no, play, no, play no, fake. no. Fake's a good song. Uh, we've, we've, we've flogged the hell out of that song on Spotify. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to hear it again. Yeah, in fact, yeah. if I hear it again, I'm going to throw up. So you have to play fake. All right, I'll play fake. <laughs> Z, talking dressage. Well, I'm trying to fit in without being fake. Yeah, I'm trying to fit in without being fake. And I'm paralyzed by my own brain. Yeah, I'm trying to fit in. Yeah. 
trying to fit in without being fight And she said, oh mama, you're looking at me You put your sneakers on, but you get them for free You got a white skirt, long shirt, run straight at me Liam Morton, <laughs> outstanding. I'm going to make you a star. Oh, thank you. I've been waiting for someone to say that to me for 10 years, and, you know, I'm glad. Let's do some good work together. But, Brisbane has a few good bands. It, ha- it has too many. <laughs> it has so many good bands um, that we almost need to export some, but they've got this trade deal going with China. Live export some bands. Like, I know people are saying live exporting is cruel, would but I'm have, saying... Would they have aircon on that? Yeah. Are you saying putting a band in <laughs> a shipping it. container and... Well, technically, we practice in two shipping containers, so yeah. you can technically pick up we our have, studio and take it to China. Anyway. Think about how many countries have no good bands. Name one. Name uh, one. Have you ever listened to Bulgarian folk pop? No. I think it if is, they've got a specific genre, it should be pretty good. <laughs> no, yeah, well, it, it's famously bad. Uh, <laughs> it, it, That's upsetting. It's like, Bulgaria imagine what, we're coming next year. What Borat's ringtone would be? It's Bulgarian folk That's pop. That's Kazakhstan. No, I know. I'm not trying to say everyone who's east of Paris is, is all the same culture. And all I'm saying is you, wow. you, Bulgarian folk pop is they have these women who are like more plastic than flesh. And they and they have it's super auto-tuned and it's like 10% folk, like traditional Bulgarian folk, like mandolin. And okay. 90%... Tiesto's younger nephew having a go on Garage. Yeah. Well, I'll t- I, I know where you're going with this. We won't do it. We won't produce the album. But I like, I like it. You. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I like the Tell pitch. Me about it. <laughs> it's a bit like when your friend is at the bar and is like, oh, "It's good to see you, man. I'll shout you a beer." You can just go. Actually, can I take the money? <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you just transfer me twelve bucks? <laughs> actually, rent's pretty high. I'll shout you KFC. Oh, actually, can you just give me the the money that you were going to spend on that? A lot of the time, I'm, yeah, I'm shouting my my friends' beers when they come to shows because, like, I'm happy they've come to the show, you know, so I go, oh, I'll give you a beer. You're yeah. running at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to pull your super out to keep this band going. Actually, yeah. actually, I, I don't even think... Do. I can't remember the last time I used a drink ticket. How about you giving me drink tickets at the end of the show and I couldn't use them? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What? Oh, what? my God. I didn't I hear that. That was barbecue bizarre. What happened? No. I got them at the end of the show. No, that was uh, <laughs> Flaming Galar. Actually. Was it? Oh, yeah, Galar. I'm pretty sure. But hey, it doesn't matter. Guys, right, catching up, or I can, Injection. I can, yeah, we'll, can go we'll if hit you the want. <laughs> step out for a minute. Do, do, do the two pr- previous members do they ever show up to your shows and just with their gear, just in case you want them back? Um, <laughs> I can't imagine so. Well, nah. Do you still talk? Is it? Like, um, it was pretty rough terms. Right, you had to meet so. at McDonald's car park this at seven pm on a Tuesday night and hand over equipment. That's right. <laughs> little sneak preview of uh, another Concrete Palms track that we'll be um, playing later. That's going to be latest the album. commercial. <laughs> the commercial. We did like a version. Alex said he wanted to play that song. Oh, man. <laughs> Dom specifically packs his drink holder first. 
It, and it, every show. Every show. It's always there. It's the most important part of the kit. If and I forget something else, that's all right. Yeah. As long as i got the drink holder, they can fit yeah. my rum in it. And the next drummer looks so sad as he takes the drink holder. He's like, oh, man, i got to put it on the ground. Like, they don't realise it's a luxury. Oh, yeah, get, yeah, get your own, yeah. yeah. How, how the other half live, mate? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a very fine line between, like, being rock and roll and, and also having problems that you need to... <laughs> Um, seek help for and if you need to talk to anyone um, just listen to the Music Vest Club 7 let's do it bring it all back um, so is, did you, they're voting for the Greens they're saying XOXO lots of love well I appreciate that that's actually very sweet in fact that is isn't an XO and an XO the electronic version of a hug and a kiss I don't even know your name you're coming on a bit strong okay arguably that's assault um, XOXO out of nowhere <laughs> didn't even know this person you have to be very careful when someone says the word borrow for example when someone says oh I'm gonna can, can I you know borrow your shoes for the night they're generally gonna give them back you know, maybe a couple of years later but they're not gonna they don't intend on keeping your shoes and when someone says hey mate can I borrow some milk or can I borrow a cigarette you know that there is no intention to give that back unless, you know, they're going to give you back the butt and say, I'm finished, I'm finished, and then give you back the butt. Does that ever happen in the smoker section of bars and clubs? Hey, mate, can I borrow a cigarette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just smoke the whole thing, and then you go, finished, and then you give it back. But then sometimes, you know, you borrow a ute, okay? But what if you get your borrows mixed up? What if you, you ask them, hey, mate, can I borrow a cigarette? Yeah, yeah. And then and then you go, can I borrow your ute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, need, I just need to pick up something. Yeah, you borrow my ute. Yeah, no worries. And then you keep the ute and you give back the cigarette. You never want to get this mixed up. So this is a track called uh, Be Here Now. It's a fantastic song, apart from the bad parts. It's like the, it's like the curate's egg. There's that old saying about the curate, where there's a curate sitting at the table with the priest, and they're both eating an egg. And the priest goes, oh, no, it appears you've got a bad egg. And the curate says to the priest, oh, no, 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 I assure you, it's quite good in parts. Is... Oh, God, it's an awful racket. Be Here Now by Oasis. We're listening to Talking Dressage on Portable Z. You've, you've, we've got some uh, some former trees that are now guitars. What is it? Um, I reckon we'll do Barnyard. This, yeah. one, this one's a tune Hugh actually wrote, and this is probably the first track that... I think both of us experienced writing with another person or taking on someone else's ideas as well. And right. Hugh really brought it with this one. This was one, this one. This is the song that was kind of like, oh, this dude can. That's when you connect it. Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, this like dude's cool. Proving myself. Oh. <laughs> is that was that when you had the talk and you're like, what are we? I Do you want to like be a band? <laughs> I thought it was way before know. that, Alex. Now I'm really upset. No. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's get into it, man. All right. Um, how should we set these up? This this like could that. be a, a, a perfect partnership, just like. Greens, voter flyers, and recycling bins. Um, Baby, it's out 
Days. I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me pregnant. Oh, sorry, oh, man. That's awesome. I look over and um, my girlfriend at the time, she's like asleep on the bed and she's got like nothing but a G-string on. Like, that looks pretty good. So <laughs> I, I just, had to include that. I, I grabbed my bass and I just started playing and it just poured out of me. And that was the, within about three minutes I'd written a song and I wrote it down in tabulation on a piece of paper and I ran out. And I said it's not going to cut it. <laughs> so that was Vineyard. But my question is, does that G-string deserve songwriting credits? This 5% one? of royalties? What, you mean this G-string? Oh, it got me. It got me. <laughs> he he's, he makes that joke three listening. times a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you find the opportunity to make a G-string joke three times a day, I reckon you, that's, that's, that's rock and roll. Me. You're doing well. That's Dom's, <laughs> that's Dom's part.